because our culture says, you know, get your pound of flesh right now, otherwise it'll never be done right with. But it, why do we say that? We say that because we don't trust that God is absolutely just. Welcome to the Influencers Podcast. I'm Scott Young with co-host Dave Donaldson, and Dave is out on assignment today. So you're here with me and a fascinating guest. We're going to be talking about conflict, conflict resolution. In fact, when is the last time you had a conflict? Was it earlier today? Was it last night? What conflicts did you have in the last week? Have you resolved those conflicts? Or do you just leave them unresolved, stuff them down, and keep going? Do you have conflicts from years and years of accumulation? Today, we're going to be talking about conflict and peacemaking. We have a fascinating guest with us. Brian Noble has a personal story of peace and reconciliation that goes way back to his childhood. His parents were divorced when he was six years old, which began a rift with his father. By the age of 16, he was heavily involved in alcohol, and by 18, he had a gun and was ready to take his life. A friend intervened and dissuaded him, brought him to church, where Brian learned about Jesus and learned about forgiveness. He has dedicated his life now. He is the executive director and CEO of a ministry called Peacemakers Ministry. He is a certified peacemaking coach and has a th- over a thousand hours of conflict resolution and mediation experience. He's an author of many books, wonderful books, The Pathway of the Peacemaker, Daily Wisdom for Peacemaking and Living Reconciled. Brian, I want to welcome you to the Influencers Podcast. And this, let me start with this. What did Jesus mean when he said, blessed are the peacemakers? Well, I think that's a fabulous part of the Beatitudes, you know, as far as when he's kind of giving us, these are the things that uh, that we are to have. And then he says, for they shall be called the children of God. And he makes an identity statement there, actually. He says, it's not that um, you're doing peacemaking. It's that you have the Prince of Peace dwelling inside of you. Therefore, you can, you're part of the, the, the family of God, and therefore you can make peace as you go. And so he's just pulling us in, and he's, he's moving on our hearts and our minds that as, as believers in Jesus Christ, that we can walk in the peace that God has provided and provide that same uh, peace to others. Now, you're in a long-term marriage, 25 years, four children, yes. but one child with an, un, well, I shouldn't say unusual, but with a, with a real challenge in life, the Rett syndrome, which has left her unable to uh, walk or speak. And oftentimes families that have a child that is challenged has even more conflict. How have you guys had peace for 25 years with this right in the midst of your family? Maybe someone's listening right now and they'll identify. Yeah. Uh, so Isabella, you know, she's 20 years old now. So, uh, out of the 25 years of marriage, we've had disability in, in, in our, in our marriage. And I like to say we have a spicy marriage. My wife and I are not doormats and we like to talk things through sometimes with a little bit louder volume than other times. And, uh, but the, the thing that comes back for us is that, that we always seem to be able to come back around and say, Hey, babe, let's just stop and pray. Let's, let's work through this. And we haven't even seen her care, um, uh, how, how to have give, give her care the same, you know, I mean, oftentimes I'd be a little bit more hands off. She would be more hands on. Um, you know, there was times when she's, um, she was on a vent, you know, we would have different ideas of what to do in those situations. And so it really provided this opportunity for us to figure out life together and to grow closer together. 
And that was the key is to say, you know what, I'm here to serve my wife and my wife's here to serve me. It's a, it's a mutual submission. And, uh, and so it's been, it's been a lot, it's been 20 years of struggle, but it's also been um, 20 years of seeing God just do something fantastic in our hearts and mature us as we go. It's fascinating that you said that it's been an opportunity for you to draw closer together because many people, when they have a disabled child, they drift farther apart. It becomes an issue of contention. So that's it's an amazing part of your journey. Let me go back. Your dad, you had conflict that was detrimental in your life. Did you ever resolve with your dad? So my dad and I have completely reconciled, although we've never really resolved the issue. Wow. Wow. This is what, what, what does that mean? <laughs> well, what that means is uh, there was a point when God challenged me. He says, Brian, do you believe that Jesus Christ paid the price for this broken relationship? I said, yes. Then he said, then I just want you just to lay it at the cross and let it go because my dad and I were go- never going to see eye to eye on the, the relationship. So because I allowed Jesus to pay the price, I was able to say, God, dad, I forgive you. And I can even remember my dad saying, for what, Bob? You know, like what, what? And I'm like, you know, I just want you to know it's all in the past. And so we, we started moving forward in that relationship. And there's a lot to that story um, as we go. And, uh, but I, I just had to really say, I, I'm not going to debate every emotional memory. I'm not going to try to get that we see every situation as exactly the same. I'm going to trust that God is just and that I can trust him with that pain and allow him to move in my heart and, and to, to be just over my dad as well. And so um, that's, it's reconciled, even though we haven't seen eye to eye on, on even his parenting techniques, if you want to say it that way. That's fast because for sure, someone's listening right now and unresolved fatherhood issues are huge in our culture, in our society. So the way you approach that is, I think, powerful and fascinating. And I think if somebody could learn that, so you, you've, you've said, I forgive you, and you're not going to go back and try to resolve every issue. And that's been the key to moving forward. Exactly. So if you think about it, Paul says, forget what lies behind and press mm-hmm. on to what lies ahead. In 2 Corinthians 5, he says, we no longer define people according to the flesh or to according to their fallenness. So that's what I've done with my dad. And hopefully he's done that with me as well. So I'm not saying it's a one-way street. I was perfect. He was not. I'm saying hopefully simultaneously, we just said, listen, we can't go change one part of the past. However, our future, we can begin to say, how are we going to have a healthy relationship moving forward? And how are we going to exercise the gospel that we like to proclaim uh, and moving forward? And and there were, there were, there were many injustices that I, I either caused or he caused, but we were never going to see eye to eye on those. Um, and so to, to really move forward and just say, you know what, that's done. What, what can we do from here? So you talk about a four-step process uh, for peacemaking. And is that part of the four-step process? Or maybe you can walk us through for someone that says, I've got some issues. I'd like there to be peace in a relationship. Help someone that's in conflict right now to kind of walk through those steps. All right, let me give you the summary, and then I'll kind of go through each, sure. go through each one. So the first is discover the story and stretch your perspective. So that's, that's where we we're quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Number one mm-hmm. story. Number two is ascend. And that's where we set our mind on the things above, not on the things of this earth. Uh, number three is reflect. That's where we take the log out of our own eye before mm-hmm. we take the speck out of someone else's eye. And number four is connect. That's where we go and be reconciled. And so each of those have a, have a scriptural foundation. So the, the first is from James, you know, be quick to listen. 
And so hearing each other's perspective or story is so powerful. Um, and understand that you may not have share the same perspective. That doesn't mean that the other person's a liar or deceptive. Yeah. I mean, that simply means from two different mountaintops, we're seeing a, the same object from different angles. Secondly, is setting our mind on the things above. Um, this is where we get an eternal perspective. And I, I actually see that the church is struggling with this right now um, because we, we begin to set our mind on earthly things. And uh, so if you take the situation with my, with my father, I'm going to have more days with my dad whole and complete than I'm ever going to have in this fallen world. Now, is that just wishful thinking? Is that just, no, I believe in eternity. I believe that <laughs> in the redemptive work of Christ. And it actually comes from Genesis chapter 45 with Joseph, where he, he says to his brothers, you sold me into slavery, but God had an eternal plan for this. It's reshifting, reframing what the, the injustices that we experience here on earth to say, listen, I'm going to get God's perspective on this. So good. Um, and Paul did the same thing in Philippians chapter four with Iodian e e Sintiki. He said, hey, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, dwell and think on these things. And then reflect is that taking personal responsibility. And this is this is where Jesus says very clearly in your judgments, you're going to be judged the same way, same measurement. So here's what I want you to do. Take the log, which is huge out of your eye before you try to take the speck, which is small out of, in this case, my father's eye, you know, look at your contribution to the conflict is greater than the other person's contribution. And uh, when we trust in the gospel message, we're able to do that. And then when we connect, we go and be reconciled. We make and implement a plan. It moves, it propels us forward so that it's a healthy dialogue. It's a healthy relationship. And here's the key to all this working taking every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ because <laughs> circumstances and, and the enemy or whatever will remind you of someone else's fallenness. I mean, it just happens, you know, and it's easy to dwell on those things. So I, I will get them right. Story, set. Ascend. Ascend. That was it. I, I heard it wrong. I knew I didn't hear it right. Ascend. No, I probably didn't enunciate. Ascend. No, no. Yeah. You. That was not. That was you. Spoke well. I listened poorly. Ascend. Reflect and connect. Connect. Yeah. And we actually do have motions. Tell me your story. Ascend. Uh, you know. Reflect and connect. Wow. <laughs> so, so, so we want, we're talking about reconciling with uh, right. Parents, with friends, with coworkers. What about the importance of reconciling with God, with the divine, with with Christ? How does oh. that work, and how does it fit in to the stuff that goes on in this world? You talked about being uh, heavenly, like set your mind on things above. How do we reconcile with what is above? Yeah. I, so first off, I believe it comes through repentance and turning to the living God and saying, "God, I'm a sinner." You're holy. I, I submit myself to you and to your plan and uh, and turning to him and allowing the work that Christ did on the cross to pay for our sins. I think it's it with that foundation. I think what really helps define that foundation from a biblical worldview is the Bible. Right. So then we mm -hmm. have to go look at the, the word of God and say, all right. So what does God say about suffering? What does God say about this world? And, you know, all the things that that we experience in this world. Um, I. With my daughter, I'll give you an example. I, I was like, either God um, is evil and doesn't want to heal her, mm -hmm. either he can't heal her. You know, I've, I've gone through all those things, yeah. processing those things. And I remember thinking one time, well, maybe the truth is simply this. I live in a fallen world 
and I'm feeling the consequence of consequences of fallenness, even if it's not something that I caused, right? I said mm-hmm. that I've done in my own family. So that's hard for us as humans because we 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 love the the fairy dust and butterflies and rainbows, but the fact is, this is a fallen world, and and so when we see injustice, instead of in our hearts or in my heart saying, "God, you're unjust," because I'm experiencing this, I say, "No, the Bible's true. Uh, Adam and Eve sinned, brought sin sin into the world, and whether." Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm suffering the consequences. So that biblical worldview is so foundational to to reconciling with God. Um, and so, yeah. Well, so you talk about like leaning in or trusting in the sovereignty of God and mm-hmm. the justice of God as part of the peacemaking process. Is that what you're you're talking about? It, absolutely. So you know, the most quoted verse, or one of the most quoted verses, besides John three sixteen, in the peacemaking world is, "If possible, as far as it depends on me, live at peace with all men." Right? Yeah. And so then we say, "Well, it's not possible." And people don't <laughs> yeah. go to the next verse, right? They don't say the re- next verse says, "And never take vengeance, but leave room for the wrath of God." That's the next verse after that, ver- the most quoted <laughs> verse. So, so why why is that? Well, because if we remove judgment from our heart and truly believe that God is sovereign and just then I don't have to be in control and I don't have to be the judge, right? If I trust that God's a good judge and he's sovereign over issues and situations, I can entrust that over to him. And then it says, never overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with good in that mm-hmm. same section that I'm talking about. Yeah. So my only priority is to give a blessing instead. And I know it's counterproductive. I know it's counterculture what I'm saying, because our culture says, you know, get your pound of flesh right now. Otherwise it will never be done right with but why do we say that? We say that because we don't trust that God is absolutely just. Wow. And I can guarantee wow. you will be a better judge than you. Wow. Or me. That is so good. Let's think about that for a moment, friends, that we, we have to trust that God is more just than we are. Wow. So powerful. So, so is that how we, re- like, so we've got people that we can say, hey, will you forgive me? Or you try to reconcile with them. You try to make peace with them. And they just throw up a blockade. They don't just say like your dad, well, what are you talking about? They go, no, I, they, you just feel resistance and, and you're, you would like to live in peace with them. And you just talked about that verse as much as it possible. Is that how you resolve that? What, what do we do with someone that just won't resolve or make peace with us or... How do we deal with, how do we go on living with that in our, in our history? Yeah. So you threw out a lot of R words there <laughs> and, and I think they're great. So I want to, I want to break those R words down. So reconciliation is based upon the work of the cross and that Christ paid the bill. Number one. So no okay. one can steal your reconciliation. Reinstatement of relationship or uh, moving forward in relationship. That's something completely different. And uh, let me, uh, on this side of heaven. In, mm-hmm. in, in heaven, we'll have both reinstated relationship and reconciliation simultaneously. But here, let's say you're upset at me. You can apply the blood of Christ, the payment of Christ to the relationship, even if I don't want to. You can have peace with me, even if I don't want to have peace with you. Mm-hmm. Then the question is, is, how do I practically respond? Well, we see lots of examples of that in scripture. We see Paul and Barnabas went separate ways. We see uh, Joseph got up and left Potiphar's wife's house. You know, I mean, we see a, we see a lot of different uh, responses to that. We see. Uh, I'm always cautious about comparing ourselves to Jesus because he is God. So, but we see Jesus saying, "You brood of vipers." I mean, so we have these different uh, things to ha- that are examples that really help us in those moments. 
But understand this. No other human being can steal your peace, the peace that you have from God. It's good. And, and understand that, you know, I was a sheriff's chaplain for 20 years and I've worked with a lot of domestic violence situations. Mm-hmm. And I, and I would encourage the, the typically the young lady to understand that their abuser cannot spill, steal their peace because peace is based upon the cross and upon the work of, uh, of Jesus not on someone else's remorse. And uh, so when you apply that now, what does that mean? That doesn't mean you put yourself back into a dangerous situation. It doesn't mean that you put yourself back mm-hmm. into abusive relationships. Uh, it means that you have to remove yourself from that and, and, and then, and then keep yourself safe. And then, um, and then, you know, work, work on applying the peace of God into the relationship. So do we have to uh, forgive in our hearts before we can start moving towards making peace is is forgiveness an essential to the peace process so there's been a lot of debate on this quite frankly i mean so we have uh i've taught in in eastern orthodox situations or jewish situations i've taught in you know reformed and christian and pentecostal i mean mm-hmm. all these different environments and there's a lot of debate so i'm just going to share my my sure. perspective and, uh, and, and let people do the research on the other perspectives. Um, I would say that Christ uh, gives us the parable of the servant that wouldn't forgive the debt as a great example as to how we are to forgive. Now, forgiveness is not saying what the other person did is right. Forgiveness is saying in that his example is that I've been forgiven much, therefore I forgive much. It's mm-hmm. saying I've embraced Christ, God's forgiveness, therefore I take the debt that I owed, and I take that same grace and apply that to somebody else. So, on that type of uh, a type of forgiveness, um, that that I I say, I say yes. That is the key to experiencing peace, and that can be done prior to any con- any conversation that you might ever have with the other person. Okay, um, that doesn't mean that restitution is not needed. So, if I if I stole a hundred bucks from you, uh, you can forgive me. I still probably, I still owe you the hundred bucks. You know, I mean, that that's restitution. Uh, so, so sometimes people uh, conflate those two things. Like, well, if I forgive then I don't get my hundred bucks back. No, no, no. Yeah. You know, that was theft and I, I, I would owe it to you. So tell us about Peacemakers Ministry and, and the organization that you're involved in and how, what does it do? What's that work, that organization about? So Peacemaker Ministries exists to assist and equip Christians and their churches to respond to conflict biblically. And we have been around for 30 years um, and 100 countries, and we step into two primary areas. Uh, the church, when there's church conflict, we'll step in and help the church with their conflicts. And families, uh, we'll step in and help families with their conflict. And we do that through um, education, books, resources, those kind of things. Uh, you, you could call it mediation if you think of a formal process, but we can also do it through what we call path conversations, which is a, a, a conversational approach to reconciliation. Um, and so we, we, we come in those ways. And sometimes we do have to arbitrate. We have to make a decision for people, but mm-hmm. we, those are few and far between. Um, and so that's how, that's what we do uh, as, as a ministry. Um, and, you know, we, we touch and help a ton of people to, to, uh, respond to conflict biblically. The first place that I saw Peacemakers Ministry was in an arbitration clause. We will not go to court. We will, as Christians, come to Peacemakers 
and they will help to arbitrate the issue. That was, and I didn't know anything about you guys. And so it's fascinating right. to, to talk to you today and to just listen to just the wisdom. Now, you've written a book that's out now, Daily Wisdom for Peacemaking. Uh, tell us a little bit about that book and what it would offer people on their journey of life. Yeah, so what we found is that Christians leak, or I leak, right? You know, so you get this information, you're excited. How do we apply biblical uh, principles of reconciliation on a daily basis and not have that seep out of our life so we find ourselves responding to conflict poorly? And so I decided, well, I guess the best way is a daily reminder. So we wrote a 365-day devotional that mm -hmm. takes a scripture. Uh, we, we look at that scripture, and then we have an application for our relationships. How can I apply that, that verse for today? Um, so, you know, it's, it's meant to be more than a commentary on the scripture. It's really meant high application. How do I, how do I walk this out on, on a daily approach? And so we use, we use the daily devotional as our follow-up care when, after we've done casework with people, you know, um, to say, Hey, keep your mindset on this peace and reconciliation, because if you're like me, if you've gone into a high conflict, it's really easy for our stinking thinking to kind of seep back into our minds and uh, challenge us to, you know, uh, do things that don't glorify God. And if someone's interested in getting a hold of that and walking through a year of thinking about peace and moving towards peace, how do they do that? How do they connect with you, your ministry, your organization? Just know a little bit more about Peacemakers Ministries. Yeah, so uh, they can go to our website, peacemakerministries.org, or they can go to at the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store and search out Peacemaker Ministries and all the information is right there on their phone. Um, so even even a, a, a summary version of how to have a conversation through conflict. So it's not just an app to sell you stuff. It's there to be helpful. You click navigate conflict and it will walk you beginning to end through a simple, simple conflict. So um, it's just right there in front of you and, and it's either the Apple App Store or Google Play. And if they want to call us, they can call us at 800-711-7118. Okay, we'll put all of that in the show notes if you want to look at that, friends, and connect with uh, Brian. And, and I, I'd like just, if you would, be so kind. There's somebody that's listening, many people, I think, but they're in conflict right now. And if we would just take a moment to pray to the Prince of Peace, if you could lead us in just saying, Lord, yeah. help people to find peace in their relationships. That'd be a great blessing. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we know that the Prince of Peace dwells inside every heart of every believer. And Lord, I pray that as we walk through uh, stormy times in our life, through tough times in our life, that we would, we would call upon the name that's above every other name, the name of Jesus, and allow him to calm the storms around us, to speak to those areas in our life and our heart that are just pressing up against, the, up against our life, God. And so, Lord, I pray for the listeners today that may be experiencing that, that may be uh, going through a hard time first i pray for hope i pray that they would have hope not in their circumstances but hope in the promise that your word has provided that you are a good god that goes before mm -hmm. us in all situations uh, i secondly i pray for clarity mm -hmm. um, that where there's areas of confusion that they would simply know that you are a god of clarity you shine light into the dark areas of our hearts and in our minds and then i third i pray for humility god i pray that we would be humble and recognize that at our greatest points of injustice is our greatest opportunity to be like your son, Jesus Christ. And so I thank you for that, God. Teach us to be humble, God, and to, and not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to, but to really um, look out for the interest of other people, God. And so mm -hmm. we give you this time. We ask this over 
individuals mm -hmm. and families. But mm -hmm. God, you know our our world, our culture. It's 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 huge right now. Tension is high, and so we ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow, Brian, what a wonderful conversation. And thank you for joining us on the Influencers Podcast. I know your words, your wisdom, and people connecting with you is just going to make their life better, increase their influence, and make their world better. Thank you so much, Brian, for joining us. I'm Scott Young for the Influencers Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Influencers Podcast on the Charisma podcast network if you enjoy our content we would love for you to subscribe and have the opportunity to tune in to future podcasts you can follow us on all social media platforms at the influencers podcast official you can stay up to date hear more inspiring content and unlock your full potential as an influencer remember to use your influence to create lasting change that draws the world closer to jesus 